This is the tortoise. The podcast that digs into the possibilities of slow. I am your host, Brooke McCallery, and I am joined by Ben McCallery. Hello. This is not a podcast. This is a plodcast. I forget that we say that. I need to get back in saying plodcast, not a podcast. Because I it suits this podcast. Plodcast. Sure. Doesn't it? It's very plodding. It's so we're such plodders. <laughs> I like it. Makes me feel a bit cozy, to be honest. Absolutely. Let's do a quick check in. How mm-hmm. you feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good. Been a weird few weeks, but I'm doing all right. Sitting here with you, having a chat. Dogs at my feet. Happy days. Yeah. Yeah. Cozy, comfortable. Very cozy and comfortable. Exactly. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, uh, we don't record in the afternoon very often. and, And when you're listening to this podcast, we're recording in the afternoon. So there might be some energy differences. Yeah, there might be some traffic noise differences. I might be even more goofy than usual. Lord help us. Yep. (laughs) But other than that, uh, looking forward to some holidays. Yes. Very, very shortly. You're taking a week off, Mm. which will be great. Yeah. The kids have just started school holidays, so yeah. Yeah, I love this time of year. Why? Why well, do you like winter? Well, it's just kind of like the big. It's the. I was going to say the beginning of the year, beginning of the new year, new financial year. Oh, woohoo! <laughs> accountants rejoice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Apologies no, to any accountants. I just I, I like it because it signifies the middle of the year, and it all, like it's reminding me of how quickly the year's gone so far. Okay. Yeah. Like, shouldn't it be March? Sure. That's what it feels like to me anyway. I often, to be like, just going off on a little tangent here, Mm. I often, I have a bit of a conflicted relationship with that whole like, gee, the year's flying by kind of talk because it absolutely is. Like, I actually cannot believe it is July. Yeah. And it is the middle break of the school year. Uh and I feel like every year is going quicker than the last, just to dive fully into that cliche. Absolutely. But I also don't I don't want to lean too heavily into it because then that becomes like that becomes the norm, right? And all of us talk about how quick everything's going and we sort of give up and we give ourselves over to the almost unnatural speed of time passing. And I don't I don't okay. I don't like contributing uh, to that because I feel like that conversation contributes to people's stress and I don't want to do that, but I totally get it. What's really stressing me out now is our dog has picked up (laughs) our daughter's pillow and is literally destroying it. Well, he's dancing around. He wants attention. He is. You know what I think about This is the way that I treat it as it's like I'm running a long distance race. Okay. So I've started the year off, nice pace, and I've surprised myself. I'm halfway through the race. Okay. And I've got so much energy left. And oh. I'm going to finish so strong. That's how I feel. Well, that's good. No yeah. wonder you like this time of year. I know. 
It's not always like that, but this particular race, 2023, okay, doing well. I dig it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I just don't like, I don't like contributing to that, you know, that feeling where everyone's like, Mm. I'm running out of time. Oh Mm. my God, everything's going so fast and life's like passing me by. So it feels slow. It feels nice and slow. Good. Yeah. Very good. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about, it's tech talk. Tech talk on the tortoise. Tortoise tech talk. Uh, and specifically tech and kids. Yep. And the relationship of our kids with tech. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm... Observations so- of our yes. kids and not, we're not, look, we're not experts. <laughs> nope. Of anything. At all. <laughs> Not a single damn thing, <laughs> which is just the way I like you it. You won't find two bigger generalists in the history <laughs> of the world than you and I. So, yeah, we just want to say that, though. We like we caution everything we say is we're not experts in anything and the advice we give is of general in nature and it's, it's not specific. We don't give to advice, individual though. circumstances. Do we give I was trying to sound like a financial services ad. Sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, I think we actually go to kind of lengths to not give advice. And I think your word observations mm. is – and conversation, that's really what we're doing here. And I think the only reason I really want to say that is because this is a really fraught topic that people often feel is laced with judgment, particularly I think when you're talking about it through the lens of slow living or mindfulness or intentional living or whatever – it's really easy to get defensive and I get it. I completely understand. I have been there and will be there again myself many times. So I, that, I think that's really why I just wanted us to start out on that foot and just say this is a conversation. It's full of observations. We have kids. Our kids are 12 and 14. So we've been through some stuff. We haven't been through other stuff. Everyone's situation, everyone's circumstances is, are going to be different. But also every single parent I know who I've ever touched on the conversation of parenting or tech or anything in between with, everyone is struggling with it. It's one of the biggest, if not the biggest issues facing parents today. Yep. I I would agree a hundred percent because of the breadth of it. We're not just talking about social media. We're not just talking about, you know, phone use. It's, it's everything that comes with the internet, you know, and all technology that is related, like connection tech. I'm not, I think that's really what we're talking about is connection tech. So, you know, anything internet related, Mm. anything connection related, I guess. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, let's get into it. I want to start the episode by having a little quiz. Oh, pop quiz. Pop quiz for you. A um, couple of questions, if I could, just to get a base level understanding of of tech and and the relationship, predominantly of of teens, but tweens as well. Okay. There's some tween stuff in here as well. Anyway, let me um, let's let's kick off and and we'll see how you go. What is the most popular online platform for teens? Like social media. Social media. Yeah, TikTok? this is all about social media. Okay, TikTok. Yeah. Okay, and like keep on going. Like what do you think's next? 
Oh, uh, yeah. you, so YouTube, I don't know if you would count. YouTube classify. is classified as, as social then media. Then YouTube first and then, so, and then TikTok. Yep. And then Snapchat, mm-hmm. uh, Instagram, Facebook. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Okay. You just mixed up Snapchat and Instagram. Ah, interesting. Okay. Instagram is slightly more posi- more used um, by about 3%. Right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, YouTube, get this. 95% of teenagers and tweens mm-hmm. have used on the regular YouTube. That does not surprise me at all. That's unbelievable. I saw a... It's the most addictive, mm. for me as well, mm-hmm. social media channel mm. that I've ever known. That's interesting because I'm not a YouTube yeah, consumer Yeah, this is at what I all. don't... Like, so why? Just... I, I, it's not on your radar. No, nope, I'm not a visual learner. So I think a lot of people find their way onto YouTube. I'm maybe at people our age. I'm not talking about kids necessarily because they're looking for instruction on how to do something. And whether that's like a holiday that they're planning or a specific problem that they're having with their computer or wanting to learn how to crochet or so people will go to YouTube. I don't learn Very that way. Very informative. I don't learn that Can way. Can be. Sure. And and I get it. I completely understand it. Like you, you have learned loads of things. And if you run into a problem at home, like a, you know, an issue with a tool or something, you'll go YouTube. Definitely go to YouTube. I, see, I will go and read about it. I would not read a manual. No. I, know. I would go on YouTube <laughs> and <Yeah>. see it. <laughs> For like practical sure. reasons. I, it actually annoys me that I don't. Yeah. But it's not. It's just not part of your solution matrix. No. Well, when I learn whatever that is. What is is that? It's so full of crap. It's like corporate bullshit bingo. (laughs) Go on. Um, When I learned how to crochet, I Went to YouTube. No, I tried. I did try. Yes. And I found it so frustrating because people who were doing the videos, their brains didn't work the same way my brain did. So the way they explained things or the way they showed things did not vibe at all. I didn't get it. I had to find someone who had photographs and written instructions that were in the same so you, you vein. Went, as so you went onto a blog. Basically, yeah. It was. I think it was from like 2012. Mm. So that's my brain. I guess that's where my brain stopped developing. <laughs> Back in 2012 or something. <laughs> so, sorry, that doesn't surprise me. Going back to your quiz, yeah, okay. it does not surprise so me. So, 95% followed by TikTok, 67%. Yeah. Huge difference. Instagram, 62 Snapchat, 59%. Okay. And lowly th- fifth place, Facebook yeah. with 32%. Yeah. I'm... In 2014, Facebook, 71%. Yes. That that's doesn't... Not, I mean, that's not surprising. Everyone knows that... The only people on Facebook nowadays are either our parents or our parents' parents. <laughs> There's all those all those hundred year olds on Facebook. Um, but I guess looking at you know that uh, so that the most common platforms, the scary statistics start when you start looking at how many times people visit these yes. platforms. Per day. Or how many hours they're on them. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So 
YouTube, people just go down and, you know, it, YouTube, there's just videos that roll on mm-hmm. and on and on. And looking at it and look at TikTok, short form, it's very yep. short form. Instagram, very short form. Mm-hmm. Um, Snapchat, I guess I've never, ever been on Snapchat. Nope. So would not know. Join the club. Um, and never been on TikTok. Tick, tip top. Top shop. TikTok. Never been on TikTok. I've seen t- – and this is the thing with YouTube. YouTube has TikTok on it. Yes. It has other, snap. I think, Snapchat type things as well. It's got streaming. YouTube is just like this big – it's like a syndication. Right. So, pe- But also people will – like there was a meme going around about two years ago saying, I don't, I'm not on TikTok. I'm too old to be on TikTok. Mm. I just see TikTok videos on Instagram two weeks after they exactly. were big. Yeah. 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 And that was me when I used to use Instagram. I'd be like, yeah, I know what TikTok is. I'm, I'm down with the kids. Mm. Uh, and then would proceed to talk about something that was big three months ago. Mm. Uh, yeah. So do you have any more questions for me? Okay. <laughs> You like this. Um, all right. So thinking about um, the amount of time tweens and teens spend on social media. Mm-hmm. So now we're going on to consumption. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon the average is? I'm going to say something like 12 hours. Okay. 15 hours. Holy On average. Moly. Okay. So that's an average figure. And all these... Figures are from Pew Research Center figures uh, from last year, so the 2022 figures. 15 hours. Listen to this. Most kids are spending more than five hours a day on social media slash video games. Okay. Well, that's a weird thing to combine. Well, not really when you think about video games are very social these days, as in you're chatting to friends. Not even friends, actually. Just randoms you might find in a game. You are... You can hear them. You're communicating with them. Also, how much has the world changed since when we were kids? I mean, duh. Since when we were growing up, the idea of talking, like literally having a conversation with a random stranger on the internet filled our parents with dread, right? Like that was the thing. It was stranger danger on, you know, steroids because suddenly you could connect with everyone across the world. And now our kids like, talk to people that they don't know. They'll never know them. They don't actually really even want to know them as people. It's just like this connection portal. Mm. Yeah. You know, sorry. (laughs) Who's playing the corporate bullshit bigger now? (laughs) (laughs) Been watching too much of The Office. That's what it is. Um, Just some more statistics. Mm -hmm. 32% of teens surveyed said they were online for five to six hours. Mm -hmm. And what are they? They're at school and then anyway, 17% reported being online for seven to eight hours and 13%, so more than one in 10 teens are online more than nine hours a day. Well, didn't you just say it was 15 hours 15 average? average that's, that's for everything. Got you. Yeah. Okay. This is just social All screens. Media. Yeah. 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 Wow. So nine hours of social media a day. 15 hours on a screen, mm-hmm. nine hours of which is on social, social media. media slash gaming. Unreal. Wow. Um, and now for some really sobering, really sobering statistics, mm. which, you know, then we'll kind of get on with the episode. But um, six, longest intro ever. 
of 8 to 14-year-olds have been involved in some kind of cyberbullying incident. How, what was the percent? 65%. This one, my jaw dropped. Mm-hmm. 90% of children aged 8 to, eight to 16 mm. have seen online pornography. Mm-hmm. 30% of kids who use the internet for over three hours a day um, were diagnosed with depression. That's a bit... No, but one. there has been um, a weird one, some though. significant studies released over the last couple of months that are more and more able to tie the yep. mental health crisis with the advent of smartphones and social media. Like yep. they are. It's linked. So excessive right. use of it's technology, um, then you're going to have things like lower attention spans, like that. Increased risk and lack of privacy, yep. depression, yep. obesity, falling grades, and then like general like social interaction issues mm, as well, like mm-hmm. being able to talk to people mm-hmm. in the real world. There's so much in that that upsets me and makes me it makes me angry on behalf of these kids. Oh. It makes me so angry, and and it makes me ashamed because. You can almost, you can forgive our parents' generation for not knowing because like AOL and, you know. What's AOL? Uh, you know, instant messaging and, and um, my space, uh, oh, those my sorts space. of things. Um, yeah. We didn't. No one knew what the impact of that was. I'm sure there were many people who were like, this is not going to be good for yeah. young brains. Yeah. But there was no, you know, there was. It was more, you know, isn't this great connection so good? Maybe, yeah. You know, like, uh, novel. Well, it, it's novel. Yeah. It was a novelty. But we knew. Famous, famously for me, I had a boss who said social media is a fad. And you know what? If you take the long view, he's probably not wrong. Like we may be seeing the end of social media coming. It's definitely with Facebook. Yeah, that's right. I mean, something else is taking its place over and over again. Well, that's what I'm, that's, that's it. Like social media as we know it is just evolving into other things. Like you wouldn't have classified YouTube as social media, but it is. Like you can chat to people sure. on YouTube, yeah, I can, comment. I get that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the comments. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're getting... You know, now I'm writing over on Substack. That is definitely a form of social media. Yeah. Um, you can't. Yeah, you, that's true. You know, it's somewhere that people are creating communities and stuff, but it is media and it is social. You know, people are connecting and people are able to interact. So I'm just shocked. Look, the 90% pornography, that just floored me and makes me really upset. It makes me angry. Yeah. Like, it makes me angry for these generations of kids who are just given unfettered access to the internet. Yep. And that is something that I cannot, I cannot understand. Um, I, because we know, like we know what is, as adults, we know what mm. is on the internet mm. and I know how damaging it can be to me as an adult. Even when you're not, you're not looking for stuff. Like you're not going out there looking for things to make you 
upset or to make you question yourself or to twist your mind in horrible ways. You're not even looking for it and it's there and it's really disturbing. What's an eight-year-old brain going to do on that? There are more and more studies coming out showing the impact of what porn can do to young brains like and the ripple effect of that, of, you know, self-image, relationships, intimacy, being able to, you know, form and um, maintain healthy, intimate relationships, all of that. It is so distressing to think that 90% of kids are being exposed to some level of porn, whether they want, like whether they're searching it out or not, you know, it's not, so yeah, that's why I, I cannot understand kids being given complete and open access to the internet. Yeah. I think there's probably a good time to, for us to share our tech rules and regulations in this house. Yeah. Which are evolving always. And, you know, I shouldn't say rules, guidance notes. Because no, I think it, we have rules. It's kind of, but they, they've got to flex, right? Like they've got to move. They've, that's why like rules are quite hard and fast. But depending on assessments, assign, like assignments, homework, like the, what we're doing on a weekend, they do flex. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. I think our mentality with kids with, um, learning how to make good decisions and we applied this to um, things that they would spend money on and the way that they would, you know, spend their time and that kind of stuff was that we have always tried to give them boundaries and within which they are allowed to make their own decisions. And I think we've kind of maintained that as they've gotten older. It's just that the boundaries are getting bigger. Mm. But there are still boundaries, you know, and I think that that has been important for us and for them because any time they have tried to cross those boundaries or, you know, the boundaries have been crossed, we can draw our attention to them, you know, and that's the, that's the starting point of the conversation. So both of our kids are in high school now and they both got a smartphone, their first one, when they started high school. So our daughter's had one for 18 months. Our son's had one for six months, roughly. And it's not been without its bumps, that's for sure. Uh, One of them has social media. Mm -hmm. The other one has no interest in social media Mm -hmm. at this point, Mm -hmm. with the exception of YouTube. Oh, okay. Let's not – YouTube is social media. So, yes, they've got social media. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the platforms that they're allowed on is an ongoing conversation. Yeah. So, um, Instagram is something that I, because I understand it, I've spent a lot of time on it. I know a bit about how people use it, but also how kids use it. That was where we started. And then there was a day where we were petitioned very strongly for access to TikTok. Yeah, to the point where there was a presentation. There was a presentation made, which I appreciated. I appreciated the dedication to the uh, to the cause. There was like a PowerPoint presentation. 
It was awesome. Reminded me of an American sitcom. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so TikTok was allowed for a while. TikTok isn't allowed anymore. Let's talk about why. Mm. So it's been really interesting to see the echo chamber, the algorithm, whatever you want to call it, in play. Because it happens on YouTube as well. So this is a more general comment. Um, But you see the kids being interested in something, which is fine. And they go looking for content about that thing. And suddenly the algorithm serves up more of that thing. Mm. And as we had learning, and I think we spoke about it a little bit on the wellness episode, the social media and wellness episode a few months ago, content creators recognize that the more extreme their content is, the more engagement they're going to get, whether that is um, synthetic, like whether mm-hmm. that's something that the algorithm is doing or mm-hmm. whether that's something that people just like looking at things that are that little bit more extreme and so it actually does boost their engagement, I don't know. But either way, they recognize that going more extreme with their content. It's 100% part of their narrative. Sure. Which, and their strategy. Yeah. Uh, which is a whole other conversation. Mm. And you just see the kids' opinions, you see their actions, you see their... And this is just through engaging and talking with them. That's You're right. Like, which is whoa. the other, which is going to be the flip side of this conversation, I think. Um, you see their the lens through which they're viewing the world and themselves in the world change and slip. And it's really scary. And I think it's fair to say that we're fairly engaged in this stuff. Like I'm probably one of the strictest parents of my kids' friends. Like I think you're also strict, but. Thank I, you very much. You, no, you are. Like we, we agree. All I'm trying to say is we agree on the boundaries before we give them to the kids. Mm-hmm. It's never one of us driving the bus without talking to the other one. But. I think because of what I know, because of the work I've done, because of the reading I've done, because of the echo chamber that I exist in, yep. I get served up a huge amount of content about how harm, how harmful all this stuff is. Totally. So that's the so lens you've, you've which, seen it through yourself sure. and your actions and your what you've done. Yeah, but yeah. I also happen to believe it, you know, yeah. um, which is the... All of it? No, not all of it. Definitely not all of it. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. So we have the capacity to think critically. You and I Mm -hmm. have both studied, you know, communications. And through that, we've studied various ways of um, analyzing discourse. And, and, you know, we understand a lot of that. And we also read about it because it's interesting. So we have that set of tools that we can use when we're reading or being presented with information. Kids don't have that. They have to learn that. And when they're not learning it at school, you know, it's on us as parents to have these conversations with them. Mm. So that's the flip side of what I wanted to say, which is I think the reason that we were able to recognize that TikTok in itself had become an issue was because we kept having conversations and because we, and as a parent, like everyone knows when something's up, you know, you have that gut feeling. And it's just a matter of reiterating, I'm here to talk if ever you want to talk. 
is something going on? You know, have you been upset by something you've seen? Like, let's talk about this person. And I have no shame in saying that I was very on it. In ter- like, I got a TikTok account. Did you? Well, I didn't yeah. even know that. To make sure that what... What sort of dancing did you do? Oh, so much dancing. Yeah. Dancy pointy videos. That's my thing. Uh, so you can call it spying if you want. I don't mind. I don't think it's spying. It's more like just keeping a finger on the pulse of what's going on. Yeah. And I'd like that stuff would disturb me. It did disturb me as an adult. So it's kind of drawing your kids' attention to the fact that a lot of the content they're watching is made by people not much older than them, first of all, often. Um, and they don't have all the answers. No one has all the answers, but, you know, if you're 13, a 16-year-old probably doesn't have all the answers. Uh, and helping them recognise that the more stridently someone speaks about a topic, isn't necessarily tied to the level of truth <laughs> and accuracy. Yeah. 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 But man, it is, it's a job. Like it's really tough. Okay. So that's the platforms and yeah, you've, I think you've articulated that pretty well. So hang on, going back to guidelines and stuff though. Yeah. What, like this is what I'm going to get okay. at now. Yeah. So in terms of duration, yep. Uh, and looking at those averages, mm. 15 hours a day, mm-hmm. what, how do you monitor the usage? So both of our kids have got, um, Apple phones and I, so do I, and so do you, uh, but they're tied to my Apple ID so I can monitor their screen time yep. on my phone. Mm-hmm just because we're set up as like a family. I can't remember how I did it to be perfectly honest, but that's helpful just to keep, again, just to keep a finger on the pulse of like what they're actually doing, you know. And I know, so their school has a phone ban, a very strict phone ban, which is awesome. And all public schools in our state will be bringing First that phone October. ban in at the beginning of ne- uh, the final term of the year. Yep, I am so for that. Mm-hmm. Seeing how their school has managed it, I'm incredibly impressed. And I think the school benefits over and over. The kids benefit, the teachers benefit. Um, Of course, kids are going to push back and they hate it and they whinge about it and parents whinge about it. But for me, I'm all in. So just just to interrupt, so do you have, do we have, I should say, (laughs) uh, like limits, daily limits on on tech usage oh like not a we don't have like a 60 minute limit we used to when they were in primary school and it was like can i play minecraft or whatever you'd say yes you've got an hour i'll set the timer um it's tricky because both of them will often have youtube on while they're doing other things which again does not compute for me i can't do that but you can 100 percent that works so you for me. work and you've got youtube videos on like that on so youtube videos uh, I've got music playing on YouTube or like... Well, like you'll have a game, like a sports match on sometimes. Correct. Yeah. So I'll have like a sports game in the background yeah. like playing a lot. I could not do that. For some reason, and it's because I've worked in quite busy, noisy offices yeah. uh, with TVs on, like kind of like newsroom Newsy, yeah. type places. For some reason, 
it just I I need that sort of background noise sometimes. Yep. Other times, I'm yeah I don't I don't have anything on. Yeah. But yeah, they're like that. So they finish their homework or or they might be reviewing or rev- revising something. They will have and I've gone in to our daughter's room and she's got like relaxing music playing yep. on on YouTube. Yeah. Well, she likes watching. Yeah, they both like watching like, um, like film critiques and like content about gaming and that sort mm. of stuff. Again, it's not my jam, but that's what I've had to do as they've gotten older and they their their interests and their tastes and their um, preferences have started to really become their own. And I'm like, that's not mine. That's okay. Like I've had to let go of that. I've had to go. Okay, their brains work differently to mine. They can do, you know, their revision, their science revision while they're, they've got this thing on in the background or whatever. Um, that's been helpful for me to recognize that there are many ways of existing in like a tech connected world that aren't going to be super duper detrimental to the brain. So that's part of that echo chamber that I was talking about before, it like is, yeah. having to let go of the quite black and white mentality around that has been helpful for me and I'm a hell of a lot more relaxed than I used to be. Um, so we don't have like an, you know, minutes per day kind of limit, but obviously there's no tech unless uh, until they've done their homework. Uh, you know, they can't. Which with... is on a computer. Exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. the other thing. It's really hard to draw that distinction <laughs> now. Yeah. Whereas we used to, write mm. everything by hand and it was like you know back then you'd go and play day. yeah back in my day i'd use a tablet and a piece of chalk one thing that i'm a real huge fan of and it gets to this privacy thing is open door policy yes the door needs to be opened yes. at all time when you're using tech yep i don't care if i can uh hear your conversation yeah uh, often i don't because you're wearing a headset but at least there's that, like, it's just, it's almost like a reminder for the kids, like, you're, like, we're around. Yes. Like, they're safe. Yeah. Like, I'm looking after you. And if they say, oh, Dad, I need privacy, I'm like, I'm protecting your privacy. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, my number on the one phone concern. to a friend, different situation. Um, but that's not that common, to be perfectly honest. They don't sit and talk on the phone like we used to. Um, so... Yes, open door policy. I'm not a big fan of earbuds or headphones right. when the kids are watching stuff. Yep. Uh, um, I'm, yeah. That's I'm a actually good point. not a fan of. I get this a lot of a lot of kids do it. Um, they keep their AirPods in while they're talking to people now, and I, that is something that I actually have a huge issue with. And I've said it to both the kids. Why? Uh, it feels like there's a wall there between. It's rude. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That feels like I didn't want to say that because it's sounds judgmental but i find it rude if it's our kids so i'm like take them out let's talk but also in terms of you know guidelines and stuff the kids will come home we're really lucky in that you or i is almost always home when the kids get home so it's sort of part of our afternoon rhythm that they come home they'll have something to eat even if it's only 15 or 20 minutes They'll chat, they'll talk yeah. about their day, yeah. you know, and it gives their brains a minute to decompress because I know at school they're on screens a lot, not as much as I think I assumed, but they are on screens a lot. Then they've got like a 45-minute bus trip home. 
apparently they both listen to music a lot on the mm. way home. Mm. Uh, and I, I believe that. Then they come home and I just want them to have a minute to decompress, to yep. talk, to look people in the eye. To, like, I don't mind if they're in a bad mood. I don't mind if they don't want to talk, but to have the opportunity to. And then it's homework. And then after that, if there's nothing else on, if there's no other activity, if there's, you know, I'm not getting them to help with dinner or whatever, they might play a game or watch YouTube. Uh, and then later in the night, we have a very strict no phones in the bedroom no. for anyone. That's huge policy. for us. And it has been that like that for us in our in our bedroom, especially for as long as I can remember. Since probably, I know when the kids were really little, so probably the first smartphone I ever had, mm -hmm. I would use it at night in, in bed. bed. Yeah. And yeah. that was it. That was sort of the line in the sand for me. So no one has a phone. Um, no one has their computers in their yep. rooms. So we have. That's made a big difference. Absolutely. Do you want to talk about the tech box, if you like, like the tech space? Yeah, it's just a, somewhere that everyone can go and charge their phones. Um, one of our kids still uses his iPad. Sorry about the noise. The dogs are being weird. Um, yeah, everything just gets charged in the same place. And that's it's it's like a visual reminder for the kids to put their devices in the tech box yep. after they've like basically at dinner time. Yep. Because after that, it's usually unless one of them needs to revise something for yep. a exam the next day. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's not going to be like that. Yeah. So, what do you? How could we improve? I guess is the next question. So there are definitely times where So there are definitely times where um it's convenient even at the age of the kids now like if you and I have a lot of work going on uh like the kids are going to push the boundaries of course mm. they are I would have as well mm. at their age so I guess just recognizing a that that's what they're doing and that's fine. That that's pretty normal behavior. Um, and B maybe, I don't know. I was going to say like have a whole lot of alternatives for them to do. Not, they don't want to do the alternatives. COVID really smashed us for that. I think because yes, tech was just such a integral an essential part of our lives back then. Yep. And a lot of the habits a lot of those usage mm. have just kept going. Mm -hmm. Not 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 kept going, but I feel like without COVID, we'd be in a different space. Would you agree with that? No, I think that no? I think that our kids have a fairly moderate use of tech. Mm. Um, and we've got a fairly good grasp on that at the moment you know we have lots of conversations about it they roll their eyes about it they get sick of me talking about it but I can always tell them why yeah we have those points of view and why it's not going to change or what things we are open to changing over time and you know 
And I think that COVID hit at the stage where the kids were still very much in our sphere of influence. And now that sphere of influence has expanded a lot. Yeah. You know, being in year seven and year eight uh, at a much bigger school, they're both older, they've both got smartphones. So I don't necessarily think that we would be in a different place if it wasn't for COVID. I think I understand what you're saying, but I think that would be the case maybe if the kids were younger. But it's sort of transitioning out of COVID has happened at the same time as them transitioning into a whole new phase of life Mm. and phase of tech use. Yeah. You know? I know what you're saying, but I totally disagree. (laughs) As is your right. So moving on now, do you want to, for our second part of the interview. We've got to close it it out. We've got to close it out. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So. How do you want to close it out? So we kind of wrapped up with the guidelines. Yeah. Um, And then I said, what would you want to change? And you didn't really answer that question. Okay, so let's go back to yeah. that. So, okay, so you asked me though. Sorry, I yeah. Going back to my original your question, question, what would I change? What would I? What, what, what how, would I do better? No, yeah, and is that what you speak said? for your speak on behalf of yourself, but also <laughs> with the kids as well, I guess. But do not dare <laughs> mention me in this. Okay. Um. Sometimes I worry about the content that they're consuming and it's because I can't I can't watch it all you know what I mean like I what do you mean you want to monitor you want to watch it before them no I don't it's it's not possible for me to like when when you know our daughter started reading more widely I would often read the books before her yeah so that, A, I had something, you know, we had a conversation to to have mm-hmm. about it. But B, just as like a bit of a screening. Yeah. There weren't many things that I stopped her from reading because I, I think that it's important, especially with, with books. And I know that was certainly the case for me. That's how you learn. You know, that's how you figure out what you, you know, what you like, where you fit, all that sort of stuff. Um, but it was always good for me to know was happening there and the a laugh because it's so strange books were basically when i was our daughter's age Mm. i was reading stephen king right okay yeah and how messed up are you because of that not at all (laughs) that was my like that was me pushing boundaries or Mm. almost you know Mm. that was me going on websites that i shouldn't be going on Mm. You, like the equivalent. Maybe it's not. I don't think it is though. It's this probably is, not. This is what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm trying, like, are we being too protective? Sometimes I worry about that. Mm. I do. Uh, but kids are a long time growing up and I just Amen. think there is so much out there that has such detrimental impacts on them. Like we were talking about porn. Yes, that's the obvious one. But 
there's a whole internet's worth of stuff that can mess up a mind. And uh, I don't feel bad about mm. limiting access to that. Okay. Yeah. So I think sometimes I, like I, I do tend to trust our kids mm. in terms of the content that they're consuming because we have the open door policy because you know they know we, we can get on. We communicate a lot, and because they know we can get on their phones at any point, they know yeah. that we monitor their screen time via my phone. They know all of that, and they're fine with it, which makes me trust them. Mm-hmm. But I also know how easy it is to fall into spaces online that are not safe, that are not okay, that are not going to leave you feeling okay. And I know that as an adult, as a, you know, a tween, a teen, someone who's still trying to... Someone in between. Yeah. (laughs) That's very easy to, you know, to fall into that that trap. (coughs) So I guess my answer to your question is, Maybe monitoring the content. I don't know. I don't okay. know because I'm yeah. really torn between yeah. what you're saying of like, are we overprotective? I, I think we're Is doing a, a pretty good thing? job. Yeah. Do you know, like at the moment, I think it's 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 we're doing a pretty good job. I'd like to slightly reduce the amount of time they're on YouTube. Uh, but that I seems would... to be like a problem worldwide at the moment. I would like to stop the amount of time I'm on YouTube. Yeah. See, I have blown up about YouTube recently. Like I really, I hate it. I kind of hate it. Do you? Yeah. I. Why would you hate it? Uh, From it's not the... Out of any oh, I hate social... Them all. Like I actually hate them all. Okay. I really do. Yeah. So this is going back to what I was saying at the beginning of our conversation, how I get angry mm. and ashamed because I'm ashamed that our generation is failing our kids. Yeah. That's truly how I feel. Mm. And I'm angry because bastards like Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and whoever else all the tech bros are, they are making billions of dollars off people's misery. And what's even worse is that most of the time kids don't understand that they're miserable. Like, I'm going to get really emotional. It really, it makes me so mad that people are making so much money off mental health crisis in kids. Mm. And I know that the content creators on the whole are not the problem. Like, I get it. Most kids grow up and they're like, I want to be a YouTuber. I want, Mm. like, they're not growing up saying, I want to destroy someone's body image i want to Mm. spread misinformation i want to you know blow up conspiracy like they're not saying that no one's saying that they're like i want to make fun videos with my friends it's this machine that people get stuck in and that machine twists things around and makes people create content that is just that slightly bit more extreme and slightly and slightly and slightly until you've got money wrapped up in it and you've got all sorts of nefarious stuff wrapped up in it um, and it is just destroying yeah. the way the kid, the way kids see themselves in the world. Um, and that's no joke. That's not an easy thing to come it's back a from. Crisis. It is a crisis. I'm going to link in the show notes to a study that came out recently. I'm not across it enough to quote any of it, but it was really eye opening for me to see the the data, like the black mm. and white numbers that show 
the link, not saying which is causing which, but showing the link between the advent of smartphones and social media with the beginning of the current mental health crisis. Um, yeah, without, so, a, without a doubt, it is connected. Yeah. Like it's... Uh, it and then, is. you know, that's not even going into the data mining and, you know... Algorithms and... But all like the people who are selling all the information about all the things that we watch and all the websites we visit and, you know, creating these, uh, you know, online versions. I forget what the word is. Like the, you know, the online versions of us that they then sell to. Yeah. No, it's like a, there's a word and I'm, I've just blanked on it. But Ready player one? <laughs> sort of. Like an avatar, actually, like an avatar. Yeah. Like they're creating these avatars of us based on what kids are watching. <coughs> and they're using it to sell stuff. Mm. You know, so look, that I could I could rant, I could, but So I am always shocked when the when you do get ads on on YouTube or Instagram because they're designed or they're, they're trying to be designed for you. Right, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And the amount of hair loss ones I've had recently <laughs> and erectile dysfunction, not a happy man. You hit 40 and they're like, <laughs> well, obviously this is relevant. Obviously you've got one of these problems <laughs> at least. But, I mean, that's like basic, that's like birth date stuff, right? And it's just kind of playing the numbers. But it's when it's like really specific Oh no, that's specific things. I shut up. That turns me off. If it's really specific, like you mention something and then you look at your screen and then it's, you know, there's an ad for something. Like I just, I disconnect then. I'm like, I'll put it down. That's just too spooky. It's just gross. And uh, I I mean, what a a mammoth topic that Mm. we probably hardly scratch the surface on. So we probably will. It's probably a a revisit at some stage. Yeah, I think it probably is. It may even be like a, I don't know, like a a live call with people. Live call. I'm just thinking, it literally just. Dawned on you. Popped into my head, but it could be something that maybe if people are interested, um, we could have like a community. Discussion on it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Because I think you're right. There's just. There was a lot of emotion in that conversation um, and hopefully it's, some practical. As we said at the start, it's one of the biggest issues facing parents today, if not society as a whole, Western society. Yeah. And it's certainly not just kids. And that's the other thing. I don't want kids and I don't want our kids. I don't want any kids to feel like the amount of time they spend on their screen is a personal failing. Mm. And that's something that we have said to our kids many times is, you know, when the hooks get their way into your brain, yeah. that's not your fault. That is not a failing on you as a person. That is a failing. That is a design of the system. Like you are up against an entire industry of people whose job it is, is to keep your eyes on your screen. That's all they, they don't care if they're making you happy. They don't care if they're making you sad. They don't care if your mental health is crumbling because of what they're serving you. All they care about is your eyeballs on that screen. 
So I think reminding our kids, not making them feel like they're, they're, they're failing somehow and also reminding ourselves when we mm. beat ourselves up for the mm. exact same reason, mm. this is not a personal failing. This is not a moral failing. This is not a reflection on you not being strong enough or strong-willed enough. This is the machine. It is. And I think that's a really important compassionate thing to begin with. And I've you, those words that you used then, uh, saying that it's not your fault, you've used those with our kids. Mm. So I know they work. <laughs> you I know, think it, they do. It, 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 it engages with them in a way that they're like, wow, makes them think. Yeah. It really makes them think. Yeah. Now let's jump over to talk about. So our reflection. You know, we always like we have a conversation. Our reflection. Yeah. And it's always just something that I have consumed over the past few weeks that has, I don't know, lit me up or interested me or, or got me thinking. So, you know, previously it's been an article that I've read or a comment over on Substack. Um, so this time it is a documentary, uh, one that I watched yesterday. I was lucky enough to get a pre-screener from the a pre-release screener from um, the producers uh, who asked actually if I wanted to have the director on as a podcast guess. guest and we don't do interviews anymore. Uh, they sent me a... And I said, no way, Jose. I'm the only guest on this show now. Exactly. And uh, they sent me a screener anyway uh, and I loved it. So it's called Rachel's Farm and it is a um, – I know some of the people involved were the same team who made 2040 a few years ago. Great. Which was – Great documentary. Really awesome documentary. Yeah. Um, Hope-filled and, you know, asked the big questions about what the world might look like in 2040 if we did these five things. This is – in a similar vein, it's very uplifting, mm -hmm. but it's also a much smaller story. So Rachel is Rachel Ward, who is an actress. Um, Australian actor, actress. She's English, actually. but English actress. She lives in Australia, has for a long time. Uh, is married to Brian Brown, the Brian most Brown. Australian of actors. Brian isn't he, Brown. Isn't he a New Zealander? Oh, God, I don't think so. I am going to check that while you keep going. Russell Crowe is a New Zealander. I know we like claiming Kiwi things for um, ourselves. But anyway, so she owns some property up uh, on the Northern Rivers and the entire premise of the documentary is her transitioning that land to regeneratively farmed land, like regen agriculture. Sorry, go ahead. Panania, he was born. Oh, right. so, so very Aussie. Very Australian. Uh, what I really like about it is that she begins by basically owning up to her own ignorance. And the story also begins as a result of the Black Summer bushfires and her personal despair and the depression and the anxiety and the overwhelm and almost the complete shutting down that she did emotionally as a result of it. And that is something that I can relate to very closely. Yeah. Um, she called herself thin skinned at one point in the documentary in that she feels things incredibly deeply and mm. they really affect her. And I, that's you. Yeah. You got translucent skin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure sometimes I don't even have any skin. Um, 
so I know that there are a lot of people who read at the tortoise and who listen to the podcast who are similarly inclined. Like we've got a lot of big feelers in our audience. And I think that this will resonate with them because of that, but also because they're people who are looking for a way forward. And this was Rachel Ward's way forward. She's like, I used to run cattle on this land and over the last 30 years we have degraded this land. Mm. And they showed like they measure their topsoil and there's hardly any left and Mm. there's no biodiversity. And, you know, um, it's about the very long, very real, very honest process. Very slow. Well, yeah, very Very slow. Very tortoisey. Process of regenerating that land through using cattle, through using indigenous wisdom and knowledge sweet it's really really cool and very human like they make mistakes they show the tough stuff you know and i don't think we see that very often what was that show that we watched during lockdown i think and it was an american show. it just sounds a bit like this where they ran a farm mm, like apricot Farm, farm or, lane farm or yeah. something like that, and they had the pig. Yes, that yes, one. Yeah, that yeah, it's not dissimilar. I don't I think. I feel like it's very yeah. similar to that. Yeah, and it's interesting to me for a few reasons. So these guys they run cattle, and that remains part of their business strategy is to run cattle. She's a vegetarian, uh, and she's like that was partly because of you know environmental reasons. So to see her not become not a vegetarian, but to see her recognize that running cattle responsibly and regeneratively can actually become part of the solution Mm -hmm. was really interesting. And also because their property used to be managed by an older farmer who was very traditional, like very industrial farming with his methods and for very good reasons, you know, it's the way he'd always done it and it had always served them fairly well. Yeah. His son comes in and after a number of years says this is not sustainable and goes around his dad, has a lot of difficult conversations with Ooh. his dad about changing the way they farm and his dad's like, I, I can't I can't agree with you. So it's like this microcosm of generational change of, you know, a new generation of people coming up and being prepared to put their money where their mouth is quite literally in some instances uh, and make the difficult – you can't literally put your money Sorry. where your mouth is. Uh, anyway, I found it really inspiring. I found it really uplifting. Um, I felt like um, – I felt like – Hopeful. I felt there was possibility wrapped up in it, you know. Um, Did it make it feel accessible or not? Or did it make it sound like it's too too much hard work? What it made it, it it sound like it's a lot of hard work and probably too much hard work for most people to do, including Brian Brown, actually. He even said that. He's like, I couldn't do what they're doing. There's no way. I don't want to work that hard. But it made it accessible to us as consumers to be supporting people who are doing this work. And nice. like that's, yeah. that's yeah. where change comes. Like there's going to be a select group of people who have the know-how, who have the money, who have the capacity, who have the land 
and the desire. That's not not going to be a lot of people. But if everyone who believes in what they're doing supports them when they can, they're going to be able to continue doing what they're doing, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, And I thought that was a really important part of the whole message was sort of making clear how it is a system, you know, and, and as a number of people said in the documentary, everything and everyone is connected and that goes to rewriting the rules of the system. You know, we don't have to be reliant on a couple of big industrial producers. We can actually shift to a more community-minded, regeneratively-minded way of attaining food, not just meat. You know, she also talks a little bit about um, vegetables and things. So anyway. Where can people go to find out more? So in Australia, it is being released in cinemas the first week of August uh, on a limited run at this point. But if there is a cinema near you screening it, I just really recommend and and encourage you to go because the more bums in seats they get at um, these films, the more sessions they're going to be able to run, the more, you know, um, successful it will be. But I know Rachel Ward is actually doing quite a significant tour with the film. Um, So check on the film. I'll I'll leave a link to this in the show notes to the website, but check over there and see if she's coming to somewhere near you. You might want to go along and and have a cute, like listen to a Q and a with her. Uh, I know in the States she's touring September, October, and I'm assuming that not long after that, it will be available to stream. Um, whether it's on Apple or it gets picked up by one of the streamers, I don't know. But, yeah, definitely go over to our website, rachelsfarm.com.au, I think it is, and you can get on the mailing list and, and check out what they're doing. But, yeah, I thought I really wanted to put that in front of people because um, I really enjoyed it. Well, that's been a pretty long and winding episode, really. Hmm been interrupted a lot but we've persevered (laughs) we have we're going to spare the listener to those interruptions so i'll do some editing even though this is a non-edited podcast it is typically very non-edited but uh, some of it is quite unlistenable so no one needs to hear the dogs barking that much no (laughs) well honey enjoy your um holiday i'll be there you're coming (laughs) just a nice little week holiday to uh yeah, reset for the beginning beginning of the, the financial be- <laughs> year. Why am I Again, obsessed with this? You're not even an accountant. Oh. Anyway, that's fine. We can have a little New Year's Eve party if you'd like. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, we'll be back in your ears next month. But uh in the meantime, if you want to know what I'm up to, I'm I'm writing over at the tortoise a couple of times a week, most weeks. If you wanted to head over there and jump on the tortoise mailing list, I would love to have you. There's quite a few thousand of us over there now and it's developing into a really beautiful little corner of the internet, awesome little community. Um, So, yeah, head over to brookmccallery.substack.com if you want to join us over there. That's where you'll also find the links in um, from today's episode. I think that's it. We always value your feedback, whether that's, uh, yeah, over on the sub stacks uh, or 
iTunes, Spotify, ratings, reviews, mm-hmm. likes and shares are all very appreciative of, yes. of that. So, uh, Also, if yeah. you're very, if, if the idea of having a conversation about technology, like a, oh, yeah. with, you know, kids or, or if there's something in particular... Because we know this is a this is a big topic for like the amount of questions we've had on this topic mm. over the years, mm-hmm. it would have to be in the top three mm-hmm. themes and topics to discuss. Yeah, it's certainly something that we would consider maybe hosting Q and A Q&A or, or something with our community. Over we could on do the a course. live podcast, or maybe we maybe we could to to tortoise subscribers. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty fun. Okay. So anyway, if that interests you at all, if, if you feel like there's more mileage to this conversation, leave a comment on today's episode uh, and... Leave a tortoise emoji. Okay. <laughs> sure, that's quick. I like it. I love that little tortoise emoji. It looks very friendly. Uh, but, you know, and we'll take level of interest from there and, and see what happens. But until then... Peace. Have a wonderful day, take good care, and we'll see you soon.